Welcome to Theology Matters, a podcast that applies theology to everyday life. This podcast is a ministry of Bible Baptist Church of Sotus. I'm your host, Pastor Jay Riggleman, and with me today is Pastor, Pastor Nick Boothman, the Associate Pastor of Bible Baptist Church of Sotus. Welcome, Nick. Thanks for having me. Our topic today is guilt. I know that I am forgiven, but I still feel guilty. So, Nick, we're going to jump right into this topic uh, by me asking you a, a question. And the question is, why are we even talking about guilt? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm actually going to counter your question with another question. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to ask you a question, and it's really deep and it's really theological. Are you ready? Sure. Do you remember VCRs? I do. <laughs> I'm a little bit older than you, so I, I do remember VCRs. And I remember uh, our kids sometimes putting things into VCRs other than VC- VHS tapes. Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we had, I don't know about you, but our family had uh, VHS tapes under our TV in like a little cabinet. Yes. And um, I just have memories of, you know, taking them out, looking out throughout the movies, you know, putting them in, watch, like it was, it was just good memories. So to answer your question about why are we talking about guilt, I have found that many Christians, um, myself included, struggle with feelings of guilt, shame, and regret, while at the same time declaring that Jesus has taken our guilt, shame, and regret. So there's a disconnect there with our feelings and the reality of what God has done in our life. And I brought up VCRs and VHS tapes because... Uh, just an analogy is a lot of Christians, what we do is we have in our little section of VHS tapes, not that anyone uses VHS tapes anymore. I was just thinking about them today, but we have a section of tapes that we put in the VHS and play over and over and over again about things that have happened in the past that we regret. So that's one of the reasons we want to talk about, because the reality is God has forgiven us. He's taken away our guilt and our shame. But at the same time, Christians struggle with those feelings of guilty. We think of things that have happened in the past. We dwell on them where they, they turn into sorrow or anger. They um, produce things like us neglecting our responsibilities. They cause havoc in a lot of different areas. And I think a lot of that comes down to us not understanding what guilt is and also not understanding what do we do with that guilt. So I think it's a very practical topic, so I'm glad we're talking about it. Yeah, so it sounds like um, when it comes to guilt, uh, all of us carry memories of things that we've done in our lives that uh, we're not proud of, and as believers, we're forgiven of those things, but those memories still linger, so we have to be very intentional about what exactly is guilt uh, and how do we deal with it biblically. So I think that's what you're going to maybe tackle next is help us to understand what exactly guilt is. Absolutely. So guilt in the Bible is a legal term. That's very, very important. This is not how we often think about guilt, not in our um, modern vernacular. I don't know when the last time I used vernacular, but I just did. <laughs> our modern vernacular. Um, we, we don't think about it like this, but the reality is when we read the Bible, it's a legal term. So let me flesh that out a little bit. Everybody has their favorite um, you know, lawyer movie, courtroom movie, Uh, probably most of us can think about a famous trial that happened. I thought of, or I think of right now, the OJ Simpson trial. So let's think about that a little bit, about um, 
guilt is a legal term. So OJ Simpson, when he went to trial, is very public, you know, is, is on TV. They, they filmed him coming out of the, the courtroom and all those different things. So when OJ Simpson went to trial, he would have either been declared innocent or guilty, right? So when we use those terms innocent and guilty, we're using them in a legal way. So did he do it or did he not do it? Maybe OJ isn't the best uh, example because people debate on, you know, he was tried to be innocent and did he actually do it? But the reality is, is, is he innocent or is he guilty and how is he going to be tried? Either he's going to be innocent, walk free or guilty and have been locked up for a long time. So guilt is a legal term. And this is very important, especially uh, when we we flesh it out a little bit more, is that it's an objective reality and not subjective. What that means is we often think of guilt primarily as a feeling. I feel guilty. I did something wrong, and uh, we can we can feel it not only you know in our heart and in our experience, but in our body. Right? We can tense up. Our our hearts can race. All those things. So we often think of are we guilty as when we look back and do we regret those things? Do I feel guilty in those moments? And that's why there's often a disconnect because there's a, there's a objective reality. Am I forgiven or am I guilty? But then there's the subjective aspect of it is do I feel guilty or do I feel innocent? So let's uh, dig a little deeper on this. Um, our feelings and the reality don't always match up. So let me give you an example. You can feel guilty and not be guilty. So if you bought a house, I hope you didn't, in 2007, 2008, right before the bubble crash, um, it, where you know it, th- that was a time where people were buying houses and uh, for ridiculous amounts and, and interest rates that were through the roof. So during that time, if you bought a house you might look back at that time and lost a lot of money and feel guilty and have regrets. You beat yourself up for it, but um, you didn't do anything wrong. You didn't know what was gonna happen. So you weren't guilty, objectively speaking, but you feel guilty about it, you regret it. And there's the vice versa there. You could murder someone, like you could be guilty and they could have it on tape, they could record it, they could play it, You, they could have, all these eyewitnesses, like you did it and you are guilty. You are going to prison. Like you are serving a sentence, but you, you could still not feel guilty. I mean, this is the extreme case of this is uh, sociopaths or psychopaths where you, you have no feelings of remorse. Like I, I don't feel guilty. I don't think I did anything wrong. I, I, they deserved it right. Where the feelings and the objective reality do not match up. And I think there's biblical precedent to this as well. Yeah, so it sounds, as you're, you're unpacking this, it sounds like as, even as believers, if we allow feelings to enter in too much when we're dealing with guilt, we can either uh, overemphasize guilt or underemphasize it um, based on our feelings instead of looking at it objectively. And yes. so I think some of these, maybe the verses are going to help us to see how do we have the right biblical balance when it comes to guilt. Yes, absolutely. And a few verses we, we could name more, but a few verses. Uh, one is Matthew 5, verse 22, where it says, but I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. 
Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be danger of the fire of hell. So it's objective right there, right? If you are angry, you deserve a punishment. You're guilty. And we're not using guilty like I feel guilty. You are declared guilty or innocent. You're declared guilty. Another one, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-seven. So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. So this is talking about partaking of communion, partaking of the elements. And Paul is saying, you know, in First in Corinthians, it, the scripture is saying that anyone who does this in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning. So you are doing something objectively sinful. And one more, uh, James 2.10 for whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of of breaking it all. So, uh, again, it looks like it's that the Bible uh, clearly teaches that it's a uh, not only an objective thing about guilt or objective, objective standard, but that for us it's a healthy thing to understand uh, what we are guilty for and what we are not guilty for and um, what we're responsible for to God for. It's a good thing. So again, um, it's not like we say, hey, guilt, just put it away. Don't even think about it anymore. The idea is it is something that God uses uh, to bring us back to himself. Yes, absolutely. And I, I love that you said that because a lot of times what we do is we, we try to guess if we did something wrong or not. We're in church and we say something and, and we don't know if we said the right thing or did we offend that person. And all that day, you're just thinking, should I should have said something differently? Should I should have, you know, what should I have done differently or did I do something right? So there's all these situations in our mind. A lot of them are little where we're having relationships and, and we don't want to sin against each other. And when we feel guilty, the word of God is there as our objective reality. Did I do something wrong? Did I do something out of anger or selfishness? And if those things are there, I have to deal with them in a biblical way instead of just guessing and beating yourself up for it and wishing that we're God, which we're not, and we could go back and change it, which we can't. So the, the word of God is a good thing, right? Mm -hmm. yes. yes. And we do have to say that because we're pastors, but we, <laughs> yeah. We, right. <laughs> so... The objective reality, it's guilt. We're talking about a legal term. It's subjective, and it's based on God's word. And here's, here's the situation, because this is what I was talking about, our feelings and the objective reality of uh, our guilt before God. The objective reality is that Jesus paid for our guilt on the cross. All of our sins. We're talking past, present, future for those who are in Christ. Isaiah 53, 5 says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. So our guilt, this sentence that we have, this long list of things that we've done against a holy God Jesus Christ came as our substitute to pay for all of it. All of it, which yes. is amazing. Yes. And Romans fleshes this out where Romans 5.1, 1, 
where it talks about the effects of us being in Christ, it says, Romans 5.1, therefore, since we have been justified, so justified means declared to be righteous. This is uh, a legal term too, where if, if you're innocent, you're, you're declared to be righteous. You can go home, you're free, you can go, you're justified. So since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. In Romans 8.1, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That is something that we're going to go back to when, when we talk about what if our feelings are still there. This is the reality that we have to believe in. If you're a Christian, if you're truly a Christian, God has paid for your sins and you are innocent. Yeah, so Romans 8, 1, it's almost like we could uh, insert, if I, I was kind of to paraphrase it a little bit, that uh, therefore there, we are declared not guilty if we're in Jesus Christ. There's no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So, well, I want to continue on by uh, uh, looking at a question, or our next question, which is, what does God want me to do with my guilt? But before we hit that question, I have one I'm going to add to our time um, that we didn't originally plan. How would you um, answer this question if someone had it? What's the difference between, for a Christian, what's the difference between conviction and guilt? So I do something wrong, and and so um, I'm feeling bad about it, and and I have to decide what I'm going to do about it. Is there a difference between uh, conviction and guilt? Yes. Okay. I would. (laughs) Please tell us. I will, and we were... Um, I'll flesh this out a little more when we're talking about our guilt feelings because convictions is something we're talking about uh, a subjective experience. That's, that's, that's what God is convicting us. That's, that's how we're processing those things. And that doesn't always align with our objective guilt where I don't know how OJ Simpson felt at the time when uh, those things happened, but he could have felt really guilty or he could have felt innocent. And as Christians, God convicts us of our guilt, but there's also the reality that we can, um, our consciences can go out of whack where we maybe don't feel guilty where we should, you know, we're searing our consciences, we're having a hard heart, or we could have oversensitive consciences. And I'll flesh that out in a little bit. Okay. Is there anything you want to add or uh, maybe think yeah, in a different I, way? Yeah, and I look forward to you doing that. I just I, I want to make sure that we communicate to people that as a believer, you have the Holy Spirit indwelling in, inside of you. So the Holy Spirit uh, actively convicts us of our sin because we will continue to sin as believers. Mm-hmm. And he reminds us of things that uh, we have done wrong or uh, things against other people. But that conviction um, doesn't change the legal declaration of not being not guilty, but we still need to uh, be sensitive to the conviction. So both they work hand in hand because being declared not guilty of all our sins doesn't mean that we push away from the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I do think they're different things. One's a a means to be reminded of our walk with God, and the other one, uh, not guilty, reminds us of our position in, in Christ. But... Well, continue. What does God want me to do with my guilt? Yes. And this, um, I think this goes in line with the last thing you said, where uh, if we're in Christ, we are forgiven 100%. 
but we still sin. <laughs> that's that's a problem, right? There's he, God is a holy God, and to um, not address our sins even when we're believers, that doesn't make for a good, healthy relationship. So what we want to do um, when we sin, or if God brings to our minds, if the Holy Spirit convicts us of the sins, like what you're saying, is we want to confess our sins, is what First John 1, 9 says. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So we want to make sure we are actively confessing our sins to God, and we that's something we need to do. We also need to repent and repentance is turning away from sin. It's changing your mind. It's changing your direction that you're going. You're turning away from sin and towards God. So it's not enough. It, if you've ever had somebody say, hey, I'm sorry, and they just keep doing the same action over and over and over again, you say, that's not going to fly. <laughs> I mean, are you really sorry? What are you doing? So we're not only confessing, but we're... we're uh, putting our money where our mouth is, and we're actually changing with God's help, um, God's way. So we repent of what we're doing, and we also need to believe in God's promises. This is very important because as we're talking about guilt feelings, we, are also, we often tend to believe our feelings over God's word. So God declares certain things and says some certain things that are true, but we just can't get over our feelings, and that's a problem. All right. So we're talking about the idea of conviction and, and confessing and those types of things. Have you, um, in your interaction with uh, believers as a pastor, have you found uh, times where people struggle more with the guilt of their past than with the conviction of their present? Uh, if so, how would you explain to them or help them work through that? Because I, I do think that's probably something that people deal with. Yes. Absolutely. And I think it's a both and oftentimes. I think um, it's a symptom of a bigger problem. If we're not dealing with our past sins correctly, a lot of times um, our current problems, it just gets compounded where Mm -hmm. the little things seem like big things, but we've never actually gone through um, our past and and dealt with it in a a biblical way. But I, I do think us dealing with things that have happened in the past, even if it's 10, 15, 20 years, that's important that we need to do those things. And in counseling settings, I've, I've worked with people of just, okay, how can we look back and make sure we handled, you handled that biblically. And if you didn't, let's take steps now. Maybe that means going to, um, a certain person definitely means going to God. If, if you, if you did something wrong and the Bible says that it was sin, definitely means going to God, but it also means making things right if it was um, significant and, and the correct thing to do biblically. Okay, so l- let's say you're counseling somebody or talking with somebody, and they mentioned something from, like you said, 5, 10, 15 years ago, something pr- pretty significant, uh, something that they did or said, uh, a sin that they committed, and they... Um, they confessed it, and but you're sensing that they still feel really guilty about it. Uh, they haven't accepted God's uh, forgiveness or God's declaration about um, 
that particular sin of, of it being not guilty anymore. How, how do you deal with those kind of feelings or thoughts? Absolutely. So first of all, I, I'd like to go back with them and make sure um, there was true confession. And because a lot of times we'll say, well, I, I dealt with it. I, I said, God, forgive me. But there, <laughs> there wasn't a, a Psalm 51 um, type of situation. If, if um, you're familiar with Psalm 51, this is David's repentance. It's his confession to God over um, the whole situation with Bathsheba and everything happened there. So I want to make sure that that was genuine. And if, if it was just, well, God, I'm, I'm sorry that this other person got offended. There's not actual repentance there and confession because same thing when we confess to other people, it, it has to be genuine. It can't just be lip service. So I want to make sure that's handled well. I also want to go to their heart and God's word and make sure that they believe in God's word, not their own feelings. So that's that's a big part about it where maybe they did actually confess to God and it, it they have and maybe they've done it over and over and over again because they they still aren't believing that God forgive has forgiven them. So God forgive me, God forgive me. Why aren't you forgiving me? So they're they're believing their own feelings instead of believing God in scripture who has said if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So one of the problems might be believing our feelings over God's word. And um, listener on your own, you can go to Psalm 32. We won't read the whole thing, but this is, most scholars think this is David reflecting back on after uh, he went to the Lord for the sins of Bathsheba. I'll read part of it. Verse one of Psalm 32 says, blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them and whose spirit is no deceit. And then verses three to four, he just talks about the effects of not confessing his sin. And then verse five, then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. So what I like to do, one of the things, if, if someone is not believing that they are forgiven and they've genuinely confessed and repented, that I like to go to Psalms like this and just work them into your heart and saying, okay, do you believe that God forgives us? Because this is the reality. Read this over and over and over again, because this is, this is how God treats us according to our sins if we go to him for those things. Yes, and I think uh, the psalmist uh, and the psalms really give us a clear indication of uh, these theological truths, and they're based on real life, uh, real bad choices that, that some of them made, uh, some of the writers, and referring to some of the uh, situations in the Old Testament. As it relates to kind of uh, the idea of handling it the right way and and believing God's word over our feelings. Just another question I'd like to insert, because as the host, I'm allowed to do that. How would, would you um, say that there's a difference between regret and guilt? If so, how would you state the difference between those two things? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. And uh, kind of three categories, and I won't go into all these, but they're kind of all, usually clumped up together, guilt, shame and regret. And people 
mean different things by regret. So we really have to understand what they're saying biblically, because a lot of times, I don't say a lot of times, but sometimes people are talking about regret and it was something that they did, but there wasn't sin involved. So it's almost like you're, you're thinking back on a situation and saying, if, if I knew what I know now, I would do things very differently. Mm -hmm. Uh, a similar category would be, uh, sometimes negligence is put in there where, okay, you, you're, you go back and you're like, man, I wish I didn't, uh, turn the stove on that day, or I wish I didn't drive on that street that one day because I got in a car accident. I, I should have went another way. Well, when we're thinking about regret that way, we have to take a step back and say, I'm not God. I go to scripture and say, did I do anything wrong that I have to confess for? Maybe if, if somebody is driving on the road and they're drunk driving, yeah, they have to confess their sins. They're driving on that road and they're not doing anything wrong. They look back and say, okay, I, I've dealt with this for the Lord and I rest in the fact that God is sovereign and because of God's providence, I was there that day. And for whatever reason, God is teaching me through these things through it, but I don't have to compound my guilt because I, I wasn't culpable. But other times when we think about regret, it is things that we did wrong. And we have to go in God's word and say, you know, do, do I have guilt? Objectively speaking, did I do anything wrong that day, sinful that day? And then I deal with it. So we really have to parse out what we mean by that. And sometimes people throw in shame as well, which makes it more complicated, where shame uh, is, is more the experiential aspect of it. So going back to the O.J. Simpson trial, right, where the guilt lies in the courtroom, but the shame, he went outside the courtroom and people might have been saying things to him like, you were my hero. You're disgusting. I'm ashamed of you, right? That, that's the, the part where we feel like we're disgusting, not we did something wrong. And the good news for that is Jesus has covered our shame as well, right? The lepers, he approached them. And um, that's a long answer to a simple question. <laughs> no, Do you have any thoughts no, on I that? I, I'm, no, I'm that the was host great. now. No, so. <laughs> no, that was great and because I, I do think people... Um, often use the word regret. They don't always use the word guilt, but they're meaning the same thing, so we have to make sure that they understand the differences there. And as you were talking, I was thinking about um, the verse, I think it's Philippians chapter 3 uh, or 4, or 1 or 2. No, uh, I think it's 3 or 4, where Paul is reflecting uh, on his life as a believer, and he says, uh, forgetting those things which are behind, I press forward. And some of the things that were behind in his life where he was the fact that he was a Christian bounty hunter, which I, I firmly believe that Paul felt forgiven for those things that he did, um, but he didn't completely forget about those things that he did. But he said, I'm not going to dwell on those past uh, decisions and choices I made against Jesus. I'm going to press towards the mark of, of following him and trying to finish well. And so that's what I think we as believers have to do. We, we all have regrets. Some of them are regrets just in a kind of a benign way. Then we have regrets that are connected to things that we did that were sinful. But yes. are we going to focus on them and allow them to uh, just uh, 
be obstacles in our walk with Christ and hold us back from fully enjoying the forgiveness and, and grace that we have in Jesus Christ. Absolutely. That's good. Well, let's see here if I can dig up anything else here for you uh, to, uh, to talk about. Uh, any final thoughts for our, our listeners about guilt or a recommended resource that you might give uh, to them or share with them? Yes. One, one more piece to the puzzle, and then I do have a recommended resource, is I think it's helpful, and uh, the listeners can do their own study on something in the Bible called the conscience. I think this is a helpful discussion here because like that I talked about earlier, um, we can do things that are sinful, but don't feel bad for them. And we can do things that aren't sinful and feel bad for them. Did I say that the right way? (laughs) Where our consciences are not matched up with the reality. So, um, and this both of them can be dangerous. So one side of that coin is when we do things that are sinful, but don't feel bad for them, or maybe we do feel bad for them, but don't repent. And then our hearts get hard. I think we've all been in situations like this where we ignore the Holy spirit, the conviction of the Holy spirit. And the Bible has warnings against that. And the fact that we feel guilty is a good thing. I mean, you think about when we think about pain and we don't like pain and you put your hand on the stove and you take it off. Well, if you, if you numb your hand or if your pain sensors don't work and you just leave your hand on that stove, your hand's not going to make it. So pain in that sense is trying to tell us to do something in the same way our consciences, when we feel guilty, we shouldn't ignore those because if we do, the danger is, numbing them and searing them where we don't feel guilty when we should. And that's not a good place to be. So if that's the case, we have to recalibrate our conscience and uh, repeatedly go to God's word to direct our consciences. No, I should feel bad when I do this. And similar to second Corinthians seven, where Paul is talking about sorrow that leads to repentance. So that the sorrow that these uh, believers felt, it was good the, you know, if, if it led to the right things and vice versa, um, we can also feel guilty when we did nothing wrong. So I hear this a lot. If somebody grew up in a legalistic context, um, I heard a speaker once saying that basically in their church, it, it was a sin if you, um, mowed your lawn in shorts. Mm. So, and, and he, he believed that. And because, on a Sunday. <laughs> and, right? yeah. In shorts on a Sunday. <laughs> <I'm not going laughs> <there. laughs> and yeah, so these things, or maybe from the pulpit, it, it's a sin to go to a movies. And it was more than, uh, you know, like warnings against certain movies as if you go to a movie theater, this is sin. This is not what God wants. So then you grow up, you know, you live life and then you, your friend invites you to a movie and you say, maybe I'll go. And then you feel so guilty the whole time. And you're like, I just sinned. I just sinned. And you look in scripture and say, well, it was a Christian movie. I, I didn't do anything wrong. That has to be added to the discussion too, because we need to calibrate our conscience. Also, um, we have to be careful because we also don't want to if our consciences are warning us against something, 
we don't want to just ignore it because the scripture warns against that too, but slowly and carefully recalibrating and say, when I feel these things, what am I believing? And let me go to God's word. Is it a sin to go to the movies? Is it a sin if I do this or that? And just constantly going to God's word and our feelings will follow. I mean, it takes time and, and sometimes we, uh, the feelings take a long time, but it starts with our beliefs. What are we believing uh, about these things and recalibrating our consciences based on God's word? That's good. That's yeah. good stuff. And uh, as I'm listening, uh, I'm so encouraged. I hope our listeners are as well, because if I can kind of maybe summarize before you give us the recommended resource, I, I think you're telling us that God's word uh, helps us to discover what we truly need to be guilty for or about, and so we can take uh, our situations to God's Word, that God's Word also tells us that we can be delivered from our guilt through Jesus Christ. Praise God for that. And also that once we've been delivered from our guilt, we don't have to allow our guilt to be debilitating as a believer and hold us back and, and Satan accusing us and, 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 and kind of being a stumbling block to us. So these things are so very important. This theology is so important for our daily lives. So thank you so much for sharing this information with us. Nick, recommended resource. Recommended resource. It's a short one, which is good. It's a very easy read. Uh, it's it's a, almost like a mini book. It's called What Can I Do With My Guilt by R.C. Sproul. And he fleshes out some of the things we're talking about and focuses on the difference between guilt and our guilt feelings. And it, it's an extended discussion of what we're talking about. But I'd recommend that you get it, read it, study it, and it, it, it'll bring you to some good scriptures. Well, thank you for that. So listeners, uh, hopefully you caught that recommended resource and uh, get access to that to continue your thoughts about this particular topic and how it impacts our lives as believers. That is all the questions we have for today on Theology Matters, which is a podcast that applies theology to everyday life. Please join us next time for our topic, Why Would a Good God Allow Such Evil in the World We Live in Today? Thank you, Pastor Nick. Good to be here.